All right, hello, and welcome back to The Broad Perspective. Uh, I'm your host, Megan Cruz, and today I'm super excited because uh, we're talking to someone that I'm, I'm very inspired by, I think is uh, an incredible voice in the industry right now, uh, Kelly Freeman Craig, director and writer of both Edge of Seventeen and uh, last year's Are You There, God? It's Me, Margaret, which actually um, emotionally devastated me in such a way. I'm not going to require anything from you, Kelly, but I just want you to know that it did take a toll out of me that um, <laughs> it was a high price. <laughs> it was worth paying it, though. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm so glad. That's that's you have Judy Bloom to thank for that. <laughs> <laughs> well, I do. I want to start out by letting you know that I was actually, I actually, I got to go to the premiere, and um, it was such, it was such an honor. It was so incredible, and seeing all of you together, uh, seeing you come out, and Rachel McAdams, and Judy Bloom was there. Um, it was, it was such an emotional experience, and it, it was crazy to me because I'd actually, I'd never read the book. Really? Um, oh wow! I, I know. Okay, yeah. But Wait, she, what, um, what, year, what year were you born? I was born in 88. Okay. So it might've been, it might've been like just past, I'm 1980. So I wonder if it's just like, it's, I know in, in the eighties, like in the eighties and early nineties, we like everyone read it. I mean, it was like, you, you well, didn't know I, anyone who did not read it. Yeah. Like I, I see, I think the thing is, is that I was a very, I was a very big reader from a very young age, but I was the kind that I just like went and found books like I got really into like Madeline L'Engle mm. um, and things like that really really early. Um, but I I had always heard about her and I okay. I think my younger sisters actually read uh, a couple of her books. Mm, mm-hmm. And it was one of those things where I was like, oh, this is just a blind spot, but I'm sure she's great. I just missed my window, and then I saw this movie, and I was like, no, the window is open. I, <laughs> I'm, st- I'm still in the window. <laughs> totally. Yeah. 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 No. I mean, it's it's so amazing too because. I mean, she wrote, she wrote these in the seventies and yet they don't like there's, they don't feel dated. Like, I think that's a real, I don't know how you do that as a writer. You know, I mean, I think she's just, um, she just has such a, um, such a gift for like drilling down to the most honest parts of a story that I think that, that they just feel like they last and last because of that. Well, I mean, it's interesting you say that because that was actually one of the things I wanted to ask you about because I I was amazed as well by how relatable it was, how universal it was. Um, and I really do think that like with your first movie, Edge of 17, it was a bit more contemporary, obviously. Mm-hmm. And like, it, you know, I do think that I like I've, I've listened to you speak a little bit about it and how you mentioned things like you, you talked a lot to um, teenagers and I loved hearing you talk about how like doing interviews is such an integral part of your writing process to kind yes. of understand your audience, understand your characters. Um, and I was, I was so curious, like deciding your second project mm-hmm. after the success of Edge of 17, because I also have to add that I had never, I, I make videos on the internet about film and mm-hmm. it was Edge of 17 was actually a movie that I found my way to because my audience kept recommending it to me like there's oh. so much love out there for this movie and then I watched it and I was like this movie's incredible but it was so funny that that was one of the films that like just kept being recommended to me by people who just love it so much you know what has been so awesome <laughs> is to see it suddenly like it, it just found a whole new audience through TikTok like TikTok yeah. just like reinvigorated it <laughs> and yes and it's so it amazes me actually like yeah how many people have uh you know, young teenagers and stuff like that are like have just discovered it. And, you know, um, 
through TikTok. So yeah, yeah. No. Uh-huh. it's it's resilient. It's, cool. it's amazing. <laughs> it's got it's. I feel like it's another one of those stories that's just going to end up being timeless and relatable. But I was so curious because you know you you went from that to saying what I'm going to do is I'm going to adapt this book written decades ago, mm-hmm. and it, like were you intimidated at all in trying to connect with a modern audience because I was I was truly amazed at how timeless and like it really felt like something that was just it didn't matter the setting. Yeah, well, you know that was something that I I did think a lot about because sometimes when I when I watch. Um, sometimes certain period pieces have like have a tendency to create a distance between me and the story like somehow it feels like it's uh somehow inaccessible to me sometimes and I it was really important to me that the movie didn't feel that way that some that it felt like it it drew you in and uh and felt like it was your own childhood, even if you didn't grow up in 1970. Um, so a lot of it was was really talking to our production designer and costume designer to try to um, create a look and feel that felt like it was both true to the time, but also timeless. You know, so it had the kind of that universal nostalgia. Um, which a really difficult needle to thread, but I think yeah. like I but I think they did a wonderful job. No, it it really like it it honestly I I just it, it, the costuming is incredible. Like the the it really feels like a film that takes place uh it's in the 1970s, correct? Yep, 1970. Okay, good. I was going to, mm-hmm. you know, sometimes 60s and 70s instead of yeah. I was like I'm going to yeah. so so I get this wrong. <laughs> but um no, because it really like and I I found it also I love when period pieces understand the time that they're in, but they also um, understand that, like, for example, mothers aren't necessarily going to be doing like Farrah Fawcett hair yes, every day. Right. Like, exactly. <laughs> exactly. And, and also, people don't just wear clothes from 1970. They wear yes. their clothes. They're you know they're like all of us. Like you have a sweater that's eight years old or whatever. You know what I mean? Like I it, yes, it's a real blend of of things and the cars and everything. Just yeah. Yeah. Well, like Kathy Bates' character is a great example because, like, she's the like matriarch. Yes. She's the older character, and she definitely feels like she's dressing for like a, an earlier time when yep. she was younger, fashion that she's comfortable in. Um, which it just is, felt, it felt, which is exactly my yeah how how my grandma was like. It was like she yeah. had her day, and then it never, and then that was it. It was like she, <laughs> the hairdo and everything. It was like stuck in time. Yeah, until the day she died. Yep. Yeah, no, it's um, it, the world felt really lived in, and it really, it was just, it, it was honestly a very, I, I, I shuddered to like, I, it's, it's honestly embarrassing. I had to call my sister. Um, I was sitting in the theater at the premiere, looking up at the screen, and everybody is just, it's thunderous applause because everyone's like, "Wow, this was amazing!" Everyone, the, the energy was incredible. Mm-hmm. And my sister lives on the East Coast, so I called her late at night. Because my niece is nine years old, yes. and uh, she looks so much like um like Abby Abby Ryder oh, Fortson. Yes, and I only have I have a son. I have one son. He's five years old, mm-hmm. and I just I was swept up in like this film. It it sweeps all generations of like womanhood and just coming of age and this like generational passing down of of knowledge. And I had to call her and say you have to see it. But I was weeping. So she literally she answered the phone and it's loud and I'm crying and she was like, "Are you okay?" Oh God. <laughs> like totally. I'm not okay, but but I am okay. <laughs> oh 
Oh my gosh. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Her daughter is that that's yeah. Nine is like right on the, like, you know, yeah. I, pro- probably like certain nine-year-olds could be like, ready and then others like maybe, yeah. yeah. Wait a year. I was like, yep. it'll be in a couple of years. You guys will cry mm-hmm. to over this movie together. Yeah. I know it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But it's actually, so the thing is, um, this, this whole movie, I, I've, ta- I've listened to you talk about it a lot and like being there and seeing like Judy being involved. I know you've mentioned that like she was on set a lot, mm-hmm. which is incredible. Yeah. Um, and that she gave specific feedback. Like I have heard you mention about the, I must, Im- Im- yes. must include my bus scene. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Uh, yeah, uh, that was the one that really was the one time that she like shot out of her seat and was like, you're doing that wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, so she she ended up um, teaching teaching the girls how to do it correctly, because I had always done it where you you like press your palms together. Yeah. And just like really, you know, getting your pecs going. Um, <laughs> and actually, I have found that most people did it the incorrect way I did it they were like what like everyone seems shocked um but apparently yeah it's supposed to be fists and like pulling it back like they do in the movies in the movie yeah I remember doing it as a kid too uh like so I I I don't remember how I did it but yes Uh uh-huh yeah like the whole thing it's just the whole process is so interesting and it's really touching to hear about because it makes me think about you know famous male directors like Stanley Kubrick and um Stephen Uh King and The Shining who have like famous disagreements about their adaptations Mm, um mm -hmm. and the way you talk about the process it feels like it felt really harmonious it felt like this way of like kind of passing on like real life wisdom and like these kinds of like teachings that are uh, they might on the surface look a little bit silly but they're like really important and it really reminded me of like the old practice of like verbal storytelling that's like historically been preserved by mostly women and like just providing guidance and it feels like this film, I don't know, it kind of tapped into something that was like essential about the human existence and honestly, mm. specifically like a feminine existence. Yeah. It's really, it's interesting that it does take place at a different time because yeah. it does feel like it's something that we're kind of like desperate for in this modern world. Um, yeah. And I just, I was wondering if like that was, if that part of the filmmaking process was like, if it felt different or special to you at all, because it felt that way on screen to me. Oh, that's oh that that just makes me so happy to hear. I it it really did feel special in that um in that everybody who came together to make it had such a spirit of really wanting to do right by Judy and right by the book. So it was just um so much love and care went into it and you felt it all around, which is not always the case. You know, I think, I think honestly, <laughs> it's, um, it's much more the exception than the rule. Um, so, um, yeah, I think, and, and I think, and also just having her there, the, the, the couple of weeks that she was there, there was just, um, I don't, it, it just, lifted the energy of the whole place you know because you feel like you're you know a fairy godmother is like there among you and you know and and just really wanting to make her proud and you know um and also really have the create a film that really felt like an extension of her work you know um and could reintroduce people to her work you know and stuff like that so I mean, I yeah. I think it's wildly successful. The performances in this film 
are absolutely crazy. And you're getting like I know Rachel McAdams was just nominated um, for a Gotham yeah. Award. Mm-hmm. Um, yep. Yeah. And she she she's always so talented. Uh, but so th- this she's so moving in this. I I really resonated with like the existential journey. Um, that Margaret goes through. But then I also like, I just loved being a mother now myself, being able to relate to like every level of, of these women in the story who are just going through different stages of like essentially growing up, no matter what age you are, it now doesn't get easier reconciling with these difficult relationships or yes. you know, yeah. Yeah. teaching your own children. Yeah. I mean, that's absolutely like, that's my own experience. It's like, I feel like I just keep coming of age over and over and over again, you know? <laughs> um, so to me, that's such a natural, like such a natural part of life that I don't like in a loop that I can't quite get out of. <laughs> um, <laughs> but, um, but I especially experienced it around becoming a mom. So that was, that was one of the big, uh, you know, changes from the book to the film is like because in the book the mom and grandma are really more peripheral um and so when I made the film I wanted I I wanted to give them their own their own arcs and really and their own things that they're sorting through in tandem with with Margaret um but a lot of it was also in particular when it came to Barbara I I I don't know if you've experienced this as a mom, but I, I've had such a such a difficult time trying to balance both um, the uh, the attention that I put into my work and my art, which I love, and then the attention that I put into my family. You know that there, it it just always feels like. Um, you're trading one for the other. So whenever I do one, I'm setting down the other. And so it always, there's always some part of it that feels, you know, that's sort of like that hurts. Um, And so um, I I wanted to, I wanted to see someone else grappling with that. I wanted to put that on screen because I figured I can't be the only person that's dealing with this kind of like incredible guilt you know um and trying to find that balance and struggling and still struggling I mean I don't I don't know that I'll ever really find it you know you're always just kind of trying to do your best no exactly I really the moment in the film when Rachel Mm -hmm. McAdams finally like allows herself to to feel the emotions I resonated Mm -hmm. so deeply with because I do feel like as a mother it's it's almost for me I feel like I'm putting one element down and picking another one up, but mm-hmm. in a in a more literal sense, I feel like I'm just I've got like one foot in each camp, and so I feel like yes. I most of the time I feel like I can't give my full attention to either thing. Yes, I, yes, I just feel exactly. guilty all the time yes. that I'm doing everything badly. Exactly, I'm not like, <laughs> exactly, exactly. That is exactly it. Yes, yeah. And when she finally addresses like her own emotional trauma by trying to by trying to comfort her daughter. Yeah. It was it was such a moment of clarity of like this is this is what motherhood is is shouldering a, a burden that you didn't even realize you were burden you were shouldering because yes. you want to protect your child from it and when yes. you have to confront it you confront it in yourself too and it's yes yes exactly yeah that cuz yeah that that's the other thing is i never want my own baggage to be carried by my son like i am yes. so, always so trying so hard to keep it together and be you know a place of strength and solidness for him and i i so it's like i'm always 
you know, um, yeah, I, I, it, it, I find it very difficult to let him into that, those deeper emotions. Cause yeah, I don't, I don't want him to be burdened by any of them. I just want to be a place that he can go to and lean against when he's dealing with his own emotions, you know? Yeah. Well, and that's, I think that that's, what's incredible about this story too, is I, I love I love coming of age stories that take place on this like younger side of the mm-hmm. coming of age because capturing that beautiful like free spirit innocence and like yes. just the very beginning of when a child it's like it's it's a, it's tragic it's one of the reasons why the movie Inside Out absolutely destroyed me mm, yes. because the, the understanding that like you want to hold on to that youthful naivete mm-hmm. but but the impending just weight of the knowledge of life, it Ugh. comes to them so early. Oh my gosh, I know. And my <laughs> my son is 10 right now. And I'm like terrified because I'm like, it's coming. It's coming in like months, you know? Yeah. So I'm like, I'm like just every bit of, you know, every bit of like the childhood part of him. I'm just like hanging on and like milking it for all it's worth. Because yeah. I'm like, it's not going to be here very long. But um, yeah, I, I also think like... I. So I, one of the things that I had, that I was thinking a lot about when I was making the film is that I also think it's about this age, especially for girls, that a sense of self-consciousness is introduced. And I think it's very different for boys. Like, I don't know, because I've talked to men about it. I'm like, did you have this sudden recognition that there were eyeballs on you. You know what I mean? It's you're, yeah. you're you're no longer just the eyeballs looking out into the world. It's all the eyes looking back at you, and so you start to wonder: Is all of this okay? You know what I mean? Yeah. Um. And and so that was that was a big a big thing that I wanted to um explore in the film in a subtle way. But you know where you see at camp, the girls are so um there's such an abandon and they're so free and they don't care that they look, you know, that like they've got marshmallows in their teeth and stuck in their braces and their hair is all a mess and whatever. Um, And that period is about to end, you know, and then all of a sudden it's like, they're getting ready for the party and is their hair okay? And is this okay? And, you know, and that like, it's amazing. I think it happens right around that age. And then I don't know if it ever goes away. Yeah. No, I mean, that's, Honestly, that's that was one of my favorite elements of the film too. Is that it? I think that media that captures girls at this age is so important because I feel like there's so many external ideas about why girls do these things, and mm-hmm. I think that showing that you know every girl goes through this, where you're just you know you are carefree, you don't you are a child, you know yes. you, you uh-huh. don't think about these things in a yeah. in a real constant way, mm-hmm. but you start having these ideas so young, you start seeing what is praised in women. And it's so different for girls and boys because boys can be children and say, look at this accomplishment that I did. Aren't you proud of me? You know, I made a funny joke. I became class president. And I feel like for girls, a lot of the things that we see mirrored to us as like signs of success, signs of being liked is like beauty or or worse, even like this idea of like sexiness, which you don't understand as a child. Yes. Uh And so like wanting to have breasts when you're like barely pubescent you just, you want something that you see other people hearing yes. to you as like admirable in women, but you don't understand that all of the danger and weight that comes with it. And it's so beautiful to see that represented in this, like the the earnest innocence of it, because 
I still have a lot of like weird feelings about being too young and definitely like, wanting to wear something that I look back and I'm like, oh my God, I was a kid. That was so inappropriate. Yes. Uh-huh. Things yeah. like that. <laughs> but it's like, this is just, it's it's what's mirrored uh-huh. to young yeah. girls. I and so, completely agree. Yes. I, I, know. I think you really I, captured something that's just so important, you know? No, I, 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 I absolutely, absolutely remember at that age seeing certain images and then wanting to emulate them at the time I remember it being like Paula Abdul or Janet Jackson or whatever and it (laughs) was like you know and doing like I remember doing like the sexy dance moves as a as like a nine or ten year old girl you know but but again yeah it's like it it goes in it it, it sort of like goes in like osmosis you don't even know that it's you know you don't even know you've you've absorbed it and um and that suddenly it's become your ambition and you don't even, it's so unconscious. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's, um, mm. I, I I wonder though, if some of it, I like, I keep being hopeful that it's changing, you know, and that it's, I mean, definitely the movies that I grew up with in the eighties and early nineties, like there was like, there's, it was just so rare to see, like a flawed female character. I mean, oh you just God, can't, yes. I mean, it was just like everybody fit into these certain archetypes of like the sexy girl or like the cute, quiet girl who doesn't have any opinions and that's why we like her, you know? <laughs> or like the bossy friend who's like sassy, you know? Like, it's like there are all these things and you were constantly trying to figure out, well, which one am I? But again, it's all unconscious. You know, I don't think you're yeah. really thinking that, but you are like, well, which one do I want to be? You know, mm-hmm. um, and uh, and it, but it does feel like that's changing, and that you know that I, I hope that that is, I hope that that's like trickling down, and what's going in unconsciously is better than what it was. Yeah. Well, I, I definitely think that media is vitally important in, in changing those perceptions because I do think that like we as a society still really struggle with the idea of a, of a flawed or unlikable woman. I think that mm-hmm. that was what was something that was really special about Nadine in mm-hmm. Edge of Seventeen is that she was allowed to be unlikable and wrong some of the time, you know? <laughs> that, 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 that's honestly – she was the, the most fun I've ever had writing a character was, <laughs> was writing her because – yeah, it was just so much fun to let her be an asshole. You know? Yeah, exactly. It's, I think, you know, that's women's rights right there. It's yeah. just let us be assholes sometimes. You know? Yeah, like we are. We have it in us just like everybody else. And I just, yeah, that's, yeah. I think it's definitely, I'm, you know, you see it a little bit more and more. I do think that like seeing these characters pop up in media is, is so valuable. Um, and I love I honestly, I think that, you know, with the films that you've made, you've already contributed so much to this, like, Mm. idea of letting women be, like, full complex people on screen, Mm. um, which is, I'm, I'm eternally grateful for, for one. Uh, Uh, But I would also, I'd love to ask you about, like, some of your own influences, because mm, I, mm -hmm. I would love to know what kind of, you know, you've talked about the characters that you saw that you wanted to find replacements for. What were the kind of, are there any specific examples of, like, film or media or really anything that just made you think, this is, I want to, I want to hone into this kind of energy. Yes. Um, well, well, first of all, James L. Brooks, who's a producer in both of my films, like I, I'm so incredibly lucky because his films are the films that I most admired. And, and he was showing 
very, very complicated, flawed, interesting, multifaceted women again and again and again. again. Um, So, so it's, it's wild that I have gotten to work with him and that he's been such a mentor to me and, you know, uh, and has produced both my films. So, um, so, so absolutely him. Um, and actually one of the first films that made me want to start writing was actually, uh, the first film that John Favreau wrote, Swingers. Did you ever watch Swingers? Yes, I love Swingers. Okay, yes, totally. <laughs> so at the time I was trying, I was in college and I was trying to sort of figure out what what I wanted to do. Um, and I watched that movie for the first time. And I, what what struck me was just the reality of it. You know, it just felt like, it felt like it was a snapshot of exactly what I was going through because you know it's like you're out with your friends and you're going to bars and you're you know you're striking out with the opposite sex and that sort of thing so yeah so there was something about it that just made me that gave me the courage to start to write because I thought wait this is a movie and this I know this world like I could do I, I, I think I could do something like this um so I, I, that felt really important. And actually, interestingly, Judy Bloom was sort of similar for me as a kid because up until I uh, read her stuff, I, everything I was reading was like assigned reading and stuff like that that I didn't connect to at all. And then and then when I read her stuff, I was like, oh my gosh, this is this is my experience. This is my life. And at that point, I I remember getting like spiral notebooks and started to write my own stories, you know? <laughs> Um, but it was just, it was, you know, I think I also, that's when I started to realize that realism is my thing, you know, like that, that's what yeah. I was something that just felt really slice of life and felt like it could be me or my friend or, you know what I mean? Um, no, I love that. Yeah. Like I, yeah. I always find it really interesting, the genres that connect with people. And I, I love when I find someone else who found their way because I I love like film is kind of what I live and breathe these days. But I found my way to film similarly through books. I I think Mm. that essentially it's just storytelling that I love. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, it is when I was a kid, I was just I would read I was very much into like fantasy. I Mm. mentioned Madeline Mm -hmm. Langle. I read like all of the um, C.S. Lewis. uh, Oh, yes. Uh, The Narnia books and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Yeah. Yeah. I read like a ton of that kind of stuff. And I eventually got to a point where I was just reading anything. Yeah. Um, But I do think that like when you find and honestly, I do think it's it's interesting that your films have been about teenagers and and young Mm -hmm. people, because I do think that when I got older, I had this kind of like like I don't want to say arrogance but I had this like idea that like oh I don't need to read children's media anymore I'm like Mm -hmm. I'm you know media made for adults is like where I should be and I do think that like you have to have a balance you have to continue continually challenge yourself but Mm -hmm. I have such an incredible respect for media about and targeted to young people because it's this it's this period where everything you consume is so important and formative. Yes. yes and I, I love to challenge myself now as an adult, but I look back at the stuff that I read then and I'm like, that was arguably the most important media that I will consume in my whole life. Yes. You know? It's, it's like, it's also like the music that you listen to around that age. Yes. Like it is in there. It is like yeah. in there and I can be driving on the freeway and one of those songs comes on and I'm like, gutted. I'm like, I yeah. get that like, 
ache that I had sophomore year, like crushing on some guy, you know what I yes. mean? So whatever. It's like, it, it is just in there so deep. And I mm-hmm. totally agree. I think, I think that's, um, I, I completely agree. Yep. It's a, yeah. it's a specific time of life when everything's just heightened or something. So it's like, whatever is imprinted at that time never goes away. Exactly. Like it's mm-hmm. truly, it's just one of those things where I look now and I think that, you know, I, I watched some, uh, some people asking you questions. I think you were doing a Q and a, um, at a university mm-hmm. and there were all these, you know, college students that were talking about, you know, Oh, I want to get into film. And like this film really inspired me. And it's just, it really is the way that, you know, art can connect with someone mm-hmm. just really starting to conceptualize their idea of themselves or yes. their view of the world. It's like, that's like the most special thing in the world to be able to help someone understand themselves better. Yes, you know? I to- I so agree. I so agree. I mean, that's how, that's how I experience great art. It's like, it, it just, yeah. it reminds me, it reminds me that I'm not alone. It makes me, I just feel, I feel like I watch it and then I know myself better Yeah. by the time the credits roll. And I'm like, Which I is didn't incredible. know that about me. That's so true. You know? Yeah. Um, yeah. Just like, well, oh, and to your point you. <laughs> about like swingers, like uh-huh. being able to tap into these, these moments in our lives that are not necessarily the most glamorous. They're not our proudest yes. moments, uh-huh. but it's just, a, it's this, it's this moment that's just, it's what most of life is. Yes. And I think that <laughs> slice of life is such a cool and important genre because yeah. as much as like I do love you know fantasy and sci-fi and getting into these crazy worlds but honestly yeah. some of the most impactful stories I've ever you know experienced are stories that just remind you of the magic of just existing yes. you know yep yeah yeah I totally agree they are for me absolutely yeah yeah, yeah. and I, I I mean I think you you are so talented at them so I mean it's you know I oh. so Thank James you. Brooks yes. is a huge inf- influence on you. And like, uh-huh. I, like I, it's incredible that he's become so involved as a producer in your work and like a, a mentor, it sounds like even, which yep. is mm-hmm. incredible. Yeah. Um, but yeah, he really has tapped into that too. It's interesting you talk about um, characters that are allowed to be unlikable. I'm going to say something controversial right now. Okay, let's, let's hear it. <laughs> I, I have actually always loved the film Spanglish. And I know... That it is, oh, it's, I, you know. Yes. Oh, I do too. A hundred percent. Yes. I truly, it's it's interesting because when I, you know, when I was seeing about the fact that you you have worked with, with, uh, with James Brooks before, I was like, you know, it's interesting because I do love broadcast news. I do love As Good As It Gets. I love, you know, his really popular films, but I have always had a very special place in my heart for Spanglish Completely because agree. I think Taya Leone, first of all, is one of just an immaculately talented actress, <laughs> but the way yeah. that that you know, I, I look at the, I was looking at the letterbox for users for English before doing this. And yeah. I was like, you know, people, the main things people are like, wow, what an unlikable character. Like, how could you get anybody to watch this movie? This character is irredeemable. Yeah. And I think that for anyone who has any experience at all with, you know, a mother figure that, you know, maybe struggles with mental illness mm-hmm. or has any, you know, some kind of any, any kind of outward difficulty relating mm-hmm. to other people. Yeah, it just it felt it rang so true to me because there are moments where you have people in your life that are are very very unlikable in yes. the moment. Oh yeah, and they're they're just 
people. And I think that Tay Leone is so talented. She brought this kind of tender vulnerability to this this character that feels outrageously irredeemable. Yes. Uh-huh. But then by the end of it, you realize that like, you know, everybody, everybody in the story, aside from, you know, maybe the, the central character yeah. um is is you know making making mistakes yeah and they're uh-huh. not behaving in a way that they should be but that's kind of the messiness of of life and i i actually think that you know tay leone's character in that film is is kind of revolutionary i think that be, being a character and being allowed to be it's kind of I, another film that i really like her in is the family man and those are mm-hmm. kind of like polar opposites to me because i love the family man but she's kind of like this like almost too perfect, too forgiving wife all yes, the time. In that, yeah. And then in Spanglish, it's like, what if, what if you just can't keep it together ever? Yes. You know? like, <laughs> totally. <laughs> totally. I also, I, I have to say, I think that like that Jim Brooks is such a, a master at, um, and also making someone's, uh, making someone's, flaws and messiness so so funny and original and also heartbreaking and I mean just so many so many different things um and I I by the way I love that film too and in fact one of my um one of my first dates with my husband was renting that film and then we watched the uh the DVD extras where where he made the sandwich, Thomas Keller, I guess, like um, the chef Thomas Keller helped them figure out how Adam Sandler would make a sandwich for himself. And he makes this like incredible egg sandwich. And so it's the best looking food in like movies. Right. Yes, totally. (laughs) So we turned off the movie and then went to the store and like got everything to make the sandwich. I made the sandwich, but yeah. So I have, um, yeah, it's interesting. I I have certain, um, so many, it's wild again it's so wild that I that I get to work with him because so many of my like formative moments are Jim Brooks and say anything too say anything was actually one of my one of the dates before so I'm like my whole marriage is basically (laughs) it's like the the foundation is James L. Brooks so (laughs) I mean that's a very good foundation Uh, yeah 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 so I love I love his ability to to write heartbreaking romance mm-hmm. I love heartbreaking romance is one of my favorite yeah. things about broadcast news too is yes. just how it's you you want these characters to just get over themselves and get together but again that's not reality most of the time and it yes, just I yeah. I love it like this year I felt that similar kind of vibe with past lives I, I don't mm, know if you've got a yes yet, I did yes 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 yeah there's just such a beautiful ache at the end of that yes you know I love Mm-hmm. I love romance that hurts. Me it feels too. Because that fe- that's what it feels like. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Totally agree. Yep. But no, that's, I mean, yeah, he's he's an incredible inspiration. And I've, I've also heard you talk a lot about music videos and how yes. formative music videos have been to you, which I absolutely love because I also was a product of MTV. Really? Okay. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's what is, yeah. Um, I just remember spending so many summers like at home in front of the CV watching music videos and you wouldn't know what was going to come up next. And you were so excited when it was, you know, a music video you really wanted to see. Um, And, you know, I think that there was just something about them that um, I just, I love, I loved the art of them. I love that they were like little short films. Um, so I, yeah, 
at that age, like picked up a picked up a camera and started to started to make little music videos with my friends and stuff and like would cast anybody that would be in them. <laughs> so yeah, like my little cousins and friends and you know. So um yeah, I I think there's also something that's so like freeing about that form too, because it's not, you know, it's not linear and you're just, it's sort of like just images and how you, how you um, edit them together against the music. And yeah. Yeah. Have you ever wanted to integrate any of that kind of like visual, like abstract, I like kind of concept conceptual stuff into your, into your films? You know, or have, I, you, have you wanted to make any music videos yourself? Uh, you know, uh, I would, to I would absolutely do it someday. Absolutely. I'd love to. Um, and I do in little ways, um, try to create, there's always like a, in both of my films, there's, um, there are moments, like there's a moment, there's a montage in the age of 17 when Nadine and Krista are like, are home drinking and, and they're sort and they're sort of like dancing and, that sort of feels a bit like a music video. And then there's a, um, a montage in Margaret where she puts in the sock boobs and then, and dances around her room. Yeah. <laughs> so like there are these little nods to that form. And by the way, I have to say like those two, shooting those two things is some of the most fun that I've had on set. Like I just love, it just brings me so much joy. And I, and the next thing that I'm writing has like a little moment like that too. So I, oh yeah, my God. I think there will probably be in everything. Cause it just, it just brings me joy. Like, Oh, you know, what is um one of my favorite moments ever is uh, the movie Beetlejuice where they, they're sitting around the, they're sitting yes. around the table and like the shrimp, you know, yes. comes up out of the bowl. <laughs> yeah. Yes. Um, no, yes. that scene is so Harry iconic. Yes, exactly. Like those, they, I just, yeah, I just, I, I just can't get enough of that. I love it. I, love I mean, it. I think it, I think it is, it's such a, it's such an, we've talked about like the impact that music can have and like a good needle drop in a film. Yes. Like it can really like boost the entire mood of the film. It can just immediately injects so much emotion and it's like that kind of visual storytelling where you can tell so much in such a short period of time yes it's, it can be so important yeah and, I, yeah. yeah and just yeah I don't know just like inject so much joy and I don't know yeah I, I again some of my favorite movie moments ever so well yeah I mean yeah. I I think that that's that's definitely a good staple to have I feel like that's <laughs> that kind of like just earnest moment because again it's just it's very especially when you're writing about young people because that's uh -huh. so much of, so the best memories that I have are just you know when my friends and I were just dancing around a kitchen totally. you know because yes. why not yeah <laughs> yes totally yep so I'm very excited for your next project I assume that you know you're you know I, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna ask questions about something that's probably you know pretty top secret but I am <laughs> I am very intrigued because you have this kind of through line mm -hmm. of this like, you know, young girl coming of age with your work right now. Mm -hmm. And you do, you have a son. I'm very, mm -hmm. I'm always very curious because I have a son myself. And yeah. I, I think that, you know, the way that women are represented in film is really important. I also think that like, we've entered this really great kind of time when it is becoming like a little bit more acceptable for like audiences to just kind of say, oh yeah, just like a female protagonist, that's fine. Yeah. Because I think especially with coming of age stories, there's been this kind of tendency where like a boy's coming of age story is just kind of like universal. It's like a yes. story that everyone can enjoy. Mm -hmm. 
but a girl's is kind of like niche. It's like for, for girls only. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, is it, is this something that as like a mother to a son, like you, like, I'm trying to figure out how to phrase this question. Mm-hmm. Cause it's like, so it's such a weird question, but like, uh-huh. is this something that when you, when you make films, do you mm-hmm. think about trying to make them universal or, or trying to have it like this kind of, this kind of story that is about mm-hmm. young girls just be seen in a way that's like not, it's, it's not just a four girls thing. It's just a, it's just a coming of age story like any other coming of age story. And is this something that, you know, are these the kinds of stories that you watch with your son? Yeah. Um, that kind of thing. Yeah. I, I feel like I'm like, no, 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 no. I, I know exactly what you're saying. And I do think that that's very, very true. I think it, it, everything that you said about boys stories, feeling sort of universal girls stories being like, well, boys can't watch those. Cause that would yeah. be, I don't know. Um, <laughs> but, um, but I like that's always something that has struck me as so uh, bananas. I don't I don't understand it, um, and I keep <laughs> hoping that it's changing. But I do. But it's. But I have to say, it it is like even with this film, it's like you have to kind of drag the boys there, and then or the men there, and then and then they are like, oh wait a minute, I there's a lot of about this I relate to. Um, yeah, they they're. Like I constantly hear men say, um, I was so surprised. It's my most surprising film in the I know surprising yes. means I didn't think I would like this, you know. <laughs> but I do. And um and I think uh and I think it's because of exactly what you're saying, that there's just a narrative that somehow this is like they're not gonna be able to um relate to this at all. And I hope, um I hope that changes I think maybe it's changed just a a, a tiny bit from where we were in the 80s and 90s but I but I don't but I think we still have a ways to go I I mean I can feel it in the you know in the marketing of this movie and the you know you know really trying to um invite everybody in because that was always my fantasy my fantasy was that you know it, it it's a film that um that anybody any age any gender can can see and um and relate to on some level yeah well this film I think you know the way you expanded the the character cast you know the way um you know there was there was multiple matriarchal characters that were you know very important and integral to the story and her father as well I mean I loved the blending of the you know religious aspect and trying to trying to find community even amongst people that have sometimes you know more differences than they feel like they have commonalities but I I do think that like I saw some similarities in the way this film was received and like um, Greta Gerwig's Little Women because I remember mm-hmm. when that came out a lot of like Oscar voters coming out and saying well I didn't see like a lot of male Oscar voters coming yeah. out and saying well I didn't, I didn't see it because it's called Little Women you know like it's not really for me yeah and I feel like right there got to be Margaret kind of had like a similar perception where so many people were like this is a niche audience that I'm not a part of yes but I mean it's it truly is one of one of the most impressive films of the year, one of the most beautiful mm-hmm. films of the year. And personally, oh, I'm, I'm rooting for it in, in all categories. <laughs> I, I think that it's wonderful. I cannot wait for like people to continue to keep discovering it. Um, like, like also happened with Edge of 17, like another resurgence and just more and more. Because it is, yeah. it, I think it's universal and it's important and it's beautiful. And um, well, I, I also hope that one day we get to a point where people don't see a story about a little girl and immediately think, well, 
probably this pretty niche. Not for me. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> Unless you are a 12 year old. Right. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I really hope so too. I hope, you know, yeah, I hope, I, I hope the, the yeah, I, it, it feels like it's going that direction, but it's like, but it's just, you know, one mile per hour. <laughs> yeah. It's real slow. But, well, you yeah. know, for every, you know, yeah. badass lady action star that we have, we've got to, we've got to squeeze in like a couple of, you know, earnest real, real girls. Too, yes, you totally. Know? I'm, I agree. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm thrilled to get to talk to you about this. Um, truly this film is, is so beautiful and I will be, you know, following updates on, on your next work because I, I just, I'm, I've been wildly impressed with everything you've done and it's so great oh, to thank see you. I love, you know, female auteurs as well. Like, I love that you get, you, you, you write your own stories. I know that you've, you've even, you have a hand in like editing, you know, which is, it's hugely important. I think that having this kind of creative control um, that you have is, it really allows you to kind of take command of a story and represent all aspects of it in a way that feel authentic. And um, I think it comes through on the screen. Oh, so thank you. Thank you so well, much. So nice to talk to you today. It's honestly, it's been my pleasure. And if for everyone listening, if you haven't yet seen Are You There, God Is Me, Margaret, I'm telling you, this movie is going to make you cry. It's going to make you laugh. It's beautiful and wonderful and a story for the ages. And good luck with award season because, I mean, I don't know. I feel like feel like there's, you know, there's plenty of space for Are You There, God Is Me, Margaret. And, oh, you know, my gosh. Coming up in the slots. Oh, that's very nice. We're such a tiny little underdog, but yeah. Uh, but, but I want- so appreciate so appreciate uh, the conversation and such great questions too so so thank, thank you. you so great great to talk about all this stuff Amazing. a lot of you well, asked you so a lot of great questions me. I haven't heard before so I love that oh that's wonderful because literally I the whole the whole point here is just to try to I feel like so many times you know when you have when you have women who are given these opportunities it's a lot of the same questions or a lot of questions that might feel universal, but I, I, I like, I mean, I don't, I don't think there's anything inherently terribly different about, you know, right, being a woman yes. in this space. I yes. just think that it's like, there are unique elements that some people don't even necessarily think about, but it's just a part of our daily existence. And I just think Completely. that it should be normalized, you know? Yes, to- totally. I am <laughs> so in agreement. Yes. <laughs> Well, I've, I've thanked uh, you a million times, but I'm going to thank you again. Thank you so uh, much. Thank you. Well, that's it for the Broad Perspective this week. Uh, that was such a such a huge honor and pleasure for me. Um, Kelly Freeman Craig is truly such a visionary storyteller. And I'm so serious. If you guys have not seen Are You There, Gotta Speak Margaret yet, um, please, wa- please watch it. I, I swear to God. I It's embarrassing, but I really did cry, um, like, a lot. Like, not a cute Rachel McAdams pretty cry. Like it was really it was really bad it was really bad in a really beautiful way um we'll see you next week with another amazing guest uh in the meantime if you're enjoying the broad perspective please remember to you know uh rate us or subscribe or you know both um whatever whatever you like we appreciate it all over here um i'll see you guys next week and enjoy the rest of your day